Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stories of Strangeness. We are your hosts, Mike. Hello. And Zoe. Hello. This week is a Mike week. And uh, you've kept it a secret like I did last week, haven't you? Yep. Even I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, this is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you want to take it away? Okie dokie. So, episode nine is going to be about Phobos and Mars. Phobos is the innermost and larger of the moons of Mars. It's an irregularly shaped object with a mean radius of 7 miles or 11 kilometres. It's named after the Greek god Phobos and means fear, particularly the fear brought by war. Phobos is a lumpy potato-shaped moon that orbits Mars at a distance of 3,700 miles or 6,000 kilometres, which is closer to its parent planet than any other known moon. This proximity also affects its orbit, which completes faster than Mars rotates in just 7 hours and 39 minutes. From the Martian surface, Phobos rises in the west, then traverses the sky in around four hours and sets in the east, twice per Martian day. Phobos makes about four orbits of Mars for every one of Mars's other moon, Deimos. Current theories based on images and models of Phobos suggest that it might be a rubble pile held together by a thin crust. Phobos may eventually disintegrate either pulled apart by tidal interactions and forming a ring similar to Saturn's, or else it may crash into the surface of Mars as it gets closer to the planet by 2 metres every 100 years and appears to be accelerating. It also holds the distinction of being one of the least reflective bodies in the solar system. These facts, while unusual, are not the focus of today's story. Firstly, I'd like to play some audio from Buzz Aldrin, NASA astronaut and second person to set foot on the moon. We should go boldly where man has not gone before. Fly by the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there, a very unusual structure on this little potato-shaped object that, that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Who put that there? Well, uh, the universe put it there. If you choose, God put it there. On the surface of Phobos is a large object near to the Stickney crater. It casts a long shadow over the surface, much longer than any other feature on the potato-shaped moon. It is described as a building-sized object, believed to be a boulder, about 85 metres or 279 feet across and 90 metres or 300 feet tall. It was discovered by Efrain Palermo, who was responsible for surveys of Martian probe imagery and later confirmed by Lan Fleming, an imaging subcontractor at NASA. Around the time of its discovery, another monolith was discovered on Mars itself in an image taken by the reconnaissance orbiter taken from an orbit height of around 180 miles or 300 kilometres. Palermo spotted the object on Phobos and took the image into Photoshop to view it better. Palermo describes it as a cylindrical-shaped object, casting a longish shadow and having a slanted roof. When Palermo took it to Fleming, 
Fleming was at first unimpressed until he noted that the sun angle was not low on the horizon in the picture, which would have explained the elongated shadow from the object. Further examination revealed it to be a physical anomaly on the surface of Phobos. So what is it? Some theories put forward have been a large boulder, a pyramid-shaped rock which casts its shadow into a depression on the surface, elongating it, ejector from a nearby impact, or it could be a piece of Phobos's interior bedrock poking out through the dusty surface. A pyramid-shaped rock which has been hypothesised by more than one researcher would be just as anomalous as a monolith, although monoliths can form naturally and do so on Earth, but are most often caused by erosion and weather patterns which do not happen on Phobos, and ejected rock of that size from an impact should have escaped Phobos's weak gravity. There is also another surface feature on Phobos called the baby monolith by Palermo. This is a block-shaped object that appears to have a squarish roof and it also casts a shadow onto Phobos's surface, albeit not as long as the one from the monolith, but certainly suggesting that it rises above the ground. It is about 30 feet high by 30 feet wide and 54 feet long. The baby monolith is in the line of sight of the larger one. Phobos also seems to have cone-shaped rocks, known as cuspids, over its surface too. Again, no weathering or erosion should have taken place to create these shapes. Additionally, it had previously been hypothesised that Phobos might be hollow, or even artificial, like a space station. In a book co-authored by cosmologist Carl Sagan, and Russian astrophysicist Josef Samuelovich Shklovsky called Intelligent Life in the Universe. Shklovsky studied Phobos's unusual orbit and concluded that Phobos had a structure like a thin sheet of metal, with one calculation suggesting it was less than 6 centimetres thick. For comparison, the space shuttle hull is 12 to 18 inches thick, which equates to 30 to 45 centimetres. Fred Singer, then science advisor to President Eisenhower, concluded that it is hollow and therefore Martian-made, but only if the astronomical observations made were correct and conceded that, since they are based on several independent sets of measurements taken decades apart by different observers with different instruments, systematic errors may have influenced them. Subsequent measurements with better equipment have shown that the discrepancy did not in fact exist and the secular acceleration is now thought to be due to tidal forces, which were also given as a possible reason for the grooves on Phobos's surface, making them almost like stretch marks. The Phobos Incident In July of 1988, Russia launched two spacecraft towards Mars called Phobos-1 and Phobos-2. The two craft had a six-month flight plan and were due to arrive in January of 1989. Phobos-1 failed shortly after launch, about a month into the journey, after a ground controller punched an incorrect command into his terminal, causing Phobos-1 to turn away from the sun, and so its solar panels were unable to generate electricity. Phobos-2 arrived in orbit as planned and started to take pictures of both Mars and Phobos, as well as the sun. Two landers were supposed to be launched from Phobos 2, a hopper and a stationary platform intended to go to Phobos, 
but they were never released because ground control suddenly lost all contact with the main craft on March the 28th, 1989. Allegedly, the last photos taken prior to the failure contained objects which shouldn't be there, according to the Russians, which included a large, dark, elliptical shape just south of the Martian equator, as well as a 300-kilometre-long strip on the Martian surface. Also, an elliptical shadow appeared suddenly in one of the photos, through which features of the Martian surface could be seen. An obvious explanation is that the shadow was that of the craft itself, and this was indeed the rationale given in the official version of events, but it seems highly unlikely due to four facts. 1. The shadow appeared suddenly in the photographs. 2. The craft was orbiting Mars at over a mile above the planet's surface. 3. The craft was not elliptical. 4. The shadow suggested an object over 20 kilometres long. In addition to these startling images, the craft also utilised an infrared camera. The images sent back from this of Mars seemed to show heat signatures, which was not only surprising, but also rather confusing, considering that the heat signatures looked similar to those created by a city. But these heat signatures appeared to be coming from beneath the surface of Mars. The signature was over 60 kilometres wide and looked almost like an aerial view of Los Angeles. In December 1991, former Soviet cosmonaut trainee and retired Air Force Colonel Marina Popovich held an impromptu press conference at the Russian consulate in San Francisco, where she showed a picture of Phobos taken by the craft, which showed an elongated shape near the surface of Phobos, which she called a UFO. In April 1992, it was discovered that the shadow in the picture had been moving by looking at other images from the same batch. The Russians did not release the last picture taken by the craft, which allegedly showed an object moving toward the craft, shortly before contact with the craft was lost. The official version of events state that the probe failed due to a malfunction of the onboard computer and was abandoned after ground control could no longer reacquire a signal to the craft. This could well be true, as apparently Phobos 2 began to develop problems during the flight to Mars, and by the time it gained orbit around the Red Planet, two out of three of the computers on board were not working. One was completely dead, and the other was beginning to malfunction. This was a huge problem for the craft, as the computer systems had been designed to vote on decisions they made, and the single remaining computer could not outvote two malfunctioning ones, and therefore could not control the craft alone. By this point, the high-speed transmitter on the craft was also experiencing issues. So maybe that's all it was, equipment malfunction. But then, what did cause the shadows on the images? And why did the last image show a cylindrical object streaking towards Phobos 2? So, before we start into the discussion about Phobos and the Phobos incident and Mars and all kind of uh, interplanetary weirdness, I'd just like to direct our listeners' attentions to another podcast called The Lore and Legends Podcast by Wade. Wade's a friend of ours and he's already done a little shout out for us on his podcast and we wanted to tell you a little bit about his as well. So as his title suggests, he covers a lot, lore, legends, 
worldwide. A personal favourite for me was Baba Yaga, the bony-legged witch. He goes into the history behind a lot of the old fairy tales, which I really appreciate, but he's also covered stuff like Aliens and Skinwalker Ranch as well. So, Mike, what were your favourite episodes? Some of my favourite episodes were about the gods of Egypt, Nazi space weapons, always a favourite, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Book of Enoch, I could go on. There's loads and loads. There and loads is a lot to, to choose to, from, isn't there? To go to, yeah. There's it's a, a veritable sweetie box of smorgasbord banquet, whatever you want. Yeah. So go check him out. So, what do you think? Back to space. Yeah. Can I just read you my notes? Because yeah, they have made do. me laugh. I love potatoes. Of course. Twice a day, rubble. What if Mars snookers us? monolith massive on mars and then it just goes off into really bad babble so i just want to go back to the beginning sure um, because we all know i love potatoes and if you You didn't know that i do i really love potatoes i like the fact it goes twice round mars a day in a day yeah at least it it kind of varies as well because a lot of the research i did things seem to contradict each other yeah. So there were some places saying it goes around Mars every seven or so hours, and some said it went round in four hours. Yeah. So I generally went with what Wikipedia said because in okay, theory that yeah, should have yeah. been a little bit peer reviewed in some way or other. You'd hope, but it's getting closer. So it's getting closer to the surface of Mars. Yeah. Does so that mean the spins, rotation's getting? It's getting smaller, so it's getting closer all the way around, or is it? tilting to one side so it's further away a one bit and close to the other side no it, it means eventually it's going to spiral inwards, inwards and either crash into mars or break up and form a like a, a ring yeah. of rocks so i mean that's where this what if mars snookers us i, I that's not the right terminology because i do <laughs> not play snooker but basically what if it like pings into mars and then mars shoots out yeah. And pings us. Well, yeah, Phobos, in, I mean, in theory... it's pretty big, isn't it? It could slingshot yeah. in and off, kind of... Or if it possibly, does crash into Mars, bits yeah. of debris, debris... Could, could fly out. Could I mean, fly. It's, this isn't for, like, another 30 million years or so. Okay, but, you know, but, you I might know. be still haunting the place then. <laughs> Don't mess up my planet, I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah, the more you spoke, the more I was just like, because I I did also write, why have we not been there and found this and found out what this is? And then I went, oh, yeah, we we have tried apparently and it didn't work. Well, I think there's been other, there's certainly been other things to Mars since. Obviously, there's been the the rovers, the the uh, Mars landers. Yeah. There's definitely been other imaging done. So there's the reconnaissance orbiter. And there was another mission as well that went out to Mars and took pictures. So, for example, probably when people think of Mars, the most well-known thing about Mars is the apparent face, isn't there, at Cydonia? I did think that was going to be one of the things you mentioned. Well, I didn't do that for the simple reason that even though it appeared on an episode of The X-Files, it has since been re-imaged with higher-resolution cameras, and it is just a Mesa. And it was just the interplay of light and shadow that no. made it look like no. that. And because it was a little bit blurry and because humans have this incredible tendency towards paradoilia, which is seeing patterns that aren't actually there. But also there is the thing of seeing faces because it is yeah. that whole, like, well, I see faces everywhere. Two dots on a line. Exactly. That's, that's how exactly. simply you can draw another human face. And we instinctively look for faces in everything, which is why you see them everywhere. 
So, yeah, when there was a, a weird outcropping mesa that we're looking at straight down and the light's coming from one particular side and the other side's in shadow, it looked like a face. You're just destroying yet another childhood. Uh, yeah, the X-Files are going down in flames because I've proved no, the not face the X-Files. on Mars wasn't real. It's just like, you know, I feel like there should be stories of sadness. Yeah, stories <laughs> of debunkery and then weeping. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just going to ignore that. It, there's a sure, face. let's there's gloss a... right past that, yeah. Yeah, because if we can have pyramids... there's a building on Phobos, yeah. Yeah, if on. we can have pyramids and monoliths yeah. and, and patterns on the surface where there is no weather or anything to make these things yeah what what's going on now okay so firstly we need to talk about the word monolith because pretty much everybody's idea of what the word monolith means is colored by the film 2001 a space odyssey because there's the big black monolith that they find on the moon there can i just say i have not seen it okay so I feel wow. quite ashamed. Yeah. Well, I think I, now, I together, do think sure. I have actually, it has been on when yeah. I've been in the room, but I may have been a little bit drunk drunk, and then asleep. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, we can put it on the list. But yeah, basically everybody thinks monolith, like long black slab of kind of stone yeah. or something like that. Actually, all monolith means is singular stone. Yeah. So mono, mono. singular Lith, Lith stone. stone, like lithograph. Yeah, just a so chunk of rock on its own. Earth yeah. has lots of monoliths. The Devil's yeah. Tower in Wyoming is one, for example. I think El Capitan is classed as a monolith, technically. There's there's loads, basically. So it's just any kind of standing pillar of stone as such. Yeah, okay. And that's what this genuinely could be. It could just be a big chunk of rock either sticking out from inside or that's Slammed into it, okay, maybe. Okay, so yeah, let's go point. back to the Difficult actual to makeup of Phobos. Yeah. Because that was quite interesting. Because all I could think about when you said, oh, it could just be like, you know, lots of debris all mushed together. Yeah. It just took me back to the Futurama episode where the big, like... The ball of garbage. Was was coming back for yeah. I'm like, is this, is this a big ball of alien space garbage? If you covered that garbage? in tinfoil, that's basically Phobos. Yeah. So that's what they've done. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, so the orbit of Phobos is extremely odd. So there's a, a part of it that sticks in towards Mars and there's a part, there's a, the kind of tail end of it sticks out kind of away from Mars. So is it always facing inwards? So it's like that whole kind of... Uh, again, I'm going to have to say I, I honestly didn't read that. Okay, I'm, no, not, okay. I'm not 100% sure, but it, it sounds like it, it might be tidally locked like our moon. Yeah. But not... I don't think it's entirely in the same way. I don't think it's maybe as tightly locked. Right, okay. Because gravitational forces on so, Mars But then are you see you've got all the rest of it. tidally locked. Yeah. But there's no tides. Well, yes there are because tides doesn't necessarily mean water. It's the gravitational but pull of a moon on a planet's surface. There's ice, isn't there? There's ice on Mars, yeah, at the poles. But yeah. We've, yeah, we've had this conversation before. T- I mean, obviously you've got total forces. recall and they just want to melt the caps to make yeah, it livable, sure. which is something that I'm like, well, then why is that so far-fetched? Because it doesn't, it, it makes sense. It sounds like something that would be doable, but obviously it's just it's- incredibly difficult. Otherwise we would have looked into, I mean, that being said. Who knows if we have or haven't. If we could just pitch together as a planet and explore space, we'd be a damn sight further than we would now. And, we can't and even maybe, pitch together know, to, to sort our we... life out on this planet. How the 
Are we well, going to sort it out somewhere if, else? If we could all just go, right, okay, let's let's call it quits. Everybody believe what you want to believe. We're all good. And instead of funding lots of different militaries around the world, we're going to go and explore space and spend that money on that after we've fixed all the problems on the Earth. That would be lovely. If somebody could make that happen, please. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Right, well, I fixed all of Earth's problems. What's next? But yeah, tidal forces refer to the kind of the, okay. the gravitational and, and possibly electromagnetic yeah. forces that happen between a moon and a planet. So is, did you say it was the magnetic forces that are kind of making it get closer and closer? Well, this is it. I, well, from, we're not sure. We might have a better idea now, but when I was researching the, the bits that I was reading, some of them were slightly older because some of them were referencing Phobos 1 and 2, which were sent yeah. in 1988. So some of the information I was reading was old, basically, and, and right. I don't know what's happened in the time since. I'm not sure, but the idea that it was accelerating was a discrepancy. It shouldn't accelerate. It should well, continue at the yeah. same rate if it's in an orbit around a and planet. And if anything... Because the gravity not, isn't going to affect no it gravity, anymore. There's no gravity, so it's just moving, so it's constant. So it shouldn't speed up or slow down, really, unless something else is affecting it. Exactly. There would generally have to be some other type of force on it. But that kind of discrepancy in its orbit was why they thought it might be hollow, and actually, it's since been found that it's definitely not hollow. It is more like a pile of rubble held together under a thin crust. Yeah. So it's a pasty, if anything. Nice. Space pasties. Potato. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, yeah. Chunks of potato in space. Go. This is like your ideal movie right now, isn't it? Space pasty. The I can just imagine Bruce Willis up there. Of course. Blowing up his potato. As you would. Aerosmith singing away. Yeah. And then we all get covered in this like giant layer. I all your eyes because you're a potato baby. No? Um, and I don't want to miss a thing. No? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, right. no, that was, that was terrible. Potatoes have eyes. Come on. They do. But yeah, just us all being covered in this kind of thin layer of mashed potato when it blows up. <laughs> and there again, you've, you've tied it back to Close Encounters. Oh my goodness, yes. Not that we were talking about Close Encounters. And not we were at talking all. about 2001 A Space Odyssey, but you've brought it back to Close Encounters anyway. Yeah, I missed the mark on that one. But yes, let's make uh, our own mashed potato models. Yeah. But no, yeah, so it's not hollow. It's no. made of mashed potato. It's very porous, apparently. Um, okay, poor. Oh. Because if you imagine a jar filled with rocks and sand, yeah, so that's you've got what that the space. inside of it is like, kind of thing. So things yeah. will, in theory, see How through. How odd. But yeah, there, there is all these kind of grooves all over its surface. Yeah. Which, this is Phobos, by the way. It grooves all over Phobos's surface. And initially it was thought to have been, when you look at a picture of Phobos, there is a huge crater in it, which yeah. is the Stickney Crater, which there's actually another crater inside that crater because it's that big. Yeah. So it's obviously been bashed about quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And the, the thinking was that the grooves were caused by the impact of the Stickney Crater and things just kind of raking across its surface yeah. before they blasted off into space kind of thing. But actually, once they've done all the number crunching and modelling, it turned out that the centre for all these grooves isn't the Stickney Crater. It's slightly further away near the kind of tip of it that faces mm. Mars. Okay. So is there any evidence of what made that crater still on Phobos? Well, or did it bounce know. off? We don't know. As because far as I'm aware, we don't know. Because I often think to myself, you know, if there's a crater... What happened to what, the rest of it? Well, did, did it bounce off or is it... And, you know... Some bits will have probably... It might have been something of a size that, you know, once it hit a, something a lot bigger, it just got pulverised and maybe, maybe either absorbed into the, the floor of the thing or, like you say, some bits will probably bounce off and continue on 
in space as chunks. Or then hit space Mars. Space chunks. God, I mean space chunks. Or hit Mars and become a monolith on Mars. It's possible, yeah. There is a monolith on Mars it as well. This is what I mean. It's like it, that. Which they said the was a piece of definitely a boulder that had fallen down like From an where? incline. From an incline. Oh, okay. You know, you get rock slides and landslides so, on Earth as things move. Yeah, I, I suppose that is true. It's just like... And Mars is volcanic. So maybe the heat signatures weren't a city then. They were just volcanic yeah, almost, moving underneath. Almost certainly. Through cavernous caverns. Yeah, well, you saw the image of yeah. the, and it's lots of kind of crisscrossy bits. Exactly. Which kind of suggests maybe lava flows, if anything. Well, yeah, and saying that And the interior that now, of them are still cooling, possibly, just yeah. under the surface. Yeah, I doubt there's a city under the surface on I'd, Mars, but I'd love to think there was. Yeah, honestly, I, I love the idea of there being these underground cities on yeah. Mars because... We're up there taking photographs and they're like... Hoop, hoop, do, 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 send do, out do. the... Oh, look, there's somebody up there again. Throw something out at them. So they send... Turn it into a sperm whale and a bowl of petunias. What's this? I'm going to call it a tail. <laughs> <laughs> What's that big round thing? I'll call it the ground. I wonder if it'll be friends with me. Splat. And they were the best of friends forever. So close. Yeah, you don't get much closer than partway through each other. Oh, God, there's some weird imagery in there. <laughs> so, no, the imagery of the heat under the surface. Yeah. In my mind, there is, like, a metropolis down there. Yeah. And Wouldn't it be amazing? When they see anything like this coming, like... Phobos 1, Phobos 2. I mean, we did them a favour and just messed up Phobos 1 ourselves. Yeah. Because they are just like, these guys, they're so funny. Tick, tack, tick, tack, tick, tack, tick, tick, yeah. tick, bleep, bloop. Oops. Oh, but they were just like, they were ready, waiting and went, oh, no, no, we don't have to do anything. These, They've sorted that one out for us. Yeah. They've pro- Where did it go? Yeah. The first one. It's just out there somewhere. We'll, we'll never know because we can't It's probably now it. like... We can, we can roughly estimate, but we'll Someone's going to find sure. it. Hopefully they put something on it as like a, hi, if you ever find this, please return to. Um, Russia, Earth. (laughs) (laughs) And so the second one comes along, starts taking photos. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what can we do? Let's make some weird shadows. And they're just basically like, what's the weirdest shadow puppet you can do with what we've got? Yeah. A sausage. A sausage. Sausage. Flying sausage. Just send out the fly. Send out the flying sausage. (laughs) And, And we all go. Holy shit, it's a flying sausage. And they're yeah. like, they are so easily pleased. You yeah. wait until they see the volcanic death ray yeah. that we've got waiting for them at the end of 2020. So, yeah, the size of these things was quite epic. Epic. Yeah, like 20 kilometers. Womp. Yeah. What was the measurements I put down? Oh, so you've got 30 foot, 30 foot by 54 foot. Yeah. I mean, where's that come from? Because that would leave a gap. Well, that's, that's sticking out of the surface of Phobos. Yeah. So it, it might have been something that hit Phobos or it might have been something that's underneath Phobos that, so, that was, you know, if it's a pile of rubble and something smashes into that pile of rubble, occasionally yeah. you're going to have something maybe stick out of the surface. And so the, oh, the monoliths on Mars, they were even more mahusive. But again, I'll go back to my thing of why haven't we been out there and actually found out exactly what these things are. It's very yeah. like sending a rover over there to take some more photos. But I feel like these are the things that we should be looking at. Yeah, I read some something about somebody saying, why haven't we taken the rover over to that monolith on Mars? And they yeah. said, because that area is very difficult to land anything on. The well, terrain that's there. very convenient, well, isn't it? no, it's the exact opposite, in fact. Well, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, I know. But yeah, apparently the area is very difficult to 
land anywhere near certainly anywhere near within the range of a rover or something like that for it to actually have a look at and phobos yeah nobody's landed anything on phobos yet as far as i'm aware but again it's a very tricky thing to land on because it's got such low gravity need to lasso it and just also one of the least reflective objects in the universe so it's actually quite difficult to see they're like oh there it is yeah but the thing is Despite the fact that, okay, there might not be a city under the Martian surface, there might not be this, that, and the other, the monoliths might just be chunks of rock, la di da da fine, the, the face on Mars was just a mesa, okay, what were the shadows? Why what, were they moving? What were the shadows? Yes, because, you know, see, for a shadow to move, there's a couple of different things that could be causing it. The light source could be moving. Yeah. Or, or something could or, be moving past a light source. Or something could be moving past... Or the thing that the shadow is falling onto could be moving. So it's actually, there's three different things. Because I like, guess so, yeah. Like to a certain extent. Well, the shadow, like, look at the light with this... The, like, if I move my hand with the shadow on, the shadow moves, but the object casting the shadow isn't moving. Yeah. And I can make it look a different shape by moving yeah, my hand. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got the three different things. Now, to my knowledge... The sun doesn't move. Oh, it absolutely does. But Actly. yeah, it's hurtling through space. Yeah, I mean, on like the it's the Milky Way, it, yeah. just like everything it's, else. It's stationary in respect to everything in our little. It's stationary with respect to us. Yeah, yeah. we stay fixed yeah. in an orbit around it, so, so it doesn't appear it's to move. It's not going to move to, yeah. to behind an object to make the shadow. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as we're aware, that is basically saying that something got in between the sun and Mars because. Mars doesn't tend to skit about. Yeah, and it would seem that the Phobos 2 was between whatever that was and Mars. So it goes Sun, Object, Phobos 2, Mars. So it couldn't see the object making the shadow, it could just see the shadow. shadow. So something was creeping up behind it. And then suddenly it cuts out. Yeah, something appeared to have crept up on it and then it went dark. Yeah. Which, again, you know, from what I've been reading, there's a very good chance it was just faulty machinery but faulty machinery doesn't make a weird shadow no what i'm saying is the reason phobos 2 went dark could have just been faulty it seems like a really big coincidence that suddenly it, it starts does, taking it? photos and then suddenly oh it doesn't work anymore yeah when they were looking at the picture of the cylinder and phobos yeah that was taken from phobos 2 they said like you know that whatever is in that picture is there it's yeah. not an artifact. It's not a, a rendering problem yeah. or a printing issue. It's not or, a hair on the lens. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's nothing like that. Whatever it is, is there. Now, considering what you could see was a kind of roughly potato ball-shaped lightish yeah, grey lump and then a cylindrical... Sausage. Sausage. Yeah. I'm struggling to see how people were getting measurements of length. Now, there might be ways that I don't know about, but they were saying that whatever was in that thing looked about 20 kilometres. There are mathematical means of deriving the volume of 3D objects and, and that kind of thing. I just still think, you know, you can't tell if that was closer or further away from that photograph, These but they're saying it was small. in the fogra- foreground. Those yeah, ones exactly. are far away. Yeah, exactly. It was like I watched the first episode of NCIS, and right. there's a bit in that where there's a guy saying, can you move to the side? I'm going to make some sketches of the body. And they're with an FBI agent, and she sort of says, why do you need sketches of the body? Because we've already taken photographs. 
So he picks up a magazine with a girl on the cover and goes, what are her measurements? And she's like, well, this is just ridiculous. Why are you asking me this kind of thing? And he says, basically, you can't tell from that yeah. photograph. You can't tell if she's five foot two or if she's six foot two, yeah. really. And he sort of says, the reason we make sketches is because we can put measurements in. Yeah. And we can be very detailed and specific. And that kind of makes me think again of that, where it's like, you can't tell from a photograph how big something is without it holding a copy laying, of today's newspaper yeah, in its laying hand. On a, and, on a ruler. Yeah, you know. or if it's next to something which is a known quantity. Now, obviously, Phobos is a fairly known quantity, but you can't just but, can't tell. But again, it's like my, my issues with photos of UFOs and like Loch Ness, where there's nothing for size reference around yeah, it. Exactly. It's like if you take a picture of sky and a UFO, you're not going to know how big it is. Yeah. So with that, it's the same thing. Even though Phobos is in there, you don't know if what we're seeing is really close to the camera, really far away from the camera or right next to the planet. Yeah. Unless yeah. there were shadows that, that weren't mentioned previously where they could kind of gauge where it would have been in relation to Phobos and the sun to get measurements that way. But it didn't, you know, enhance, yeah. enhance. I don't know if that's I mean, possible. It, there were lots of other instruments on Phobos too. And like you say, something might have been equivalent to like sonar or radar or you know something equivalent to that where they ping something out and then they can tell how big an object is and how far away it is yeah that way would give you know nothing i read sort of gave me the impression that that was the case but it might have been but yeah the, the whole thing seems very odd like the shadows were moving the shadows were elliptical and judged to be about 20 kilometers and then the supposed vessel the alleged vessel that we see in the final shot yeah again measured at about 20 kilometers approximately elliptical you know or cylindrical that's that's massive yeah it's a bit weird it's definitely a bit weird. also from the clip you just showed me yeah which i'm sure you will mention to in the show notes yeah we had reagan and Gorbachev. gorbachev yeah saying yeah we're gonna send people off to mars yeah why haven't we? Yet? Why, why haven't we? Yeah. Well, that seems, well it seems they seem so. It was so again because we seem to be spending a lot of money on wars that don't need to happen and things but, like that. I mean, that, we but... go back then, like back to 1989. Yeah. Uh, early 90s. What happened to make them suddenly like you know? Because as you're saying, it's like everyone's now looking into the sky, not afraid of bombs dropping on them. Yeah. And this nuclear arms race. Then now it's hope and the stars. You know, it's this massive thing also reagan famously made a speech where he said i occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world so basically saying it's like the plot of watchmen yeah like would we all just pull together as a as a species do you know i'd love to say yes i think we would but do you know what in all reality, I reckon it'd be like every man for himself. Absolutely, we're a would selfish be. bunch of bastards. Well, we've been we've been taught to be selfish for a long, long time by some very clever psychology and a lot of advertising. So we never did go to Mars then, not we, properly. Like we've manned, never had a manned mission to manned Mars mission yet, to Mars and, no. and no no real reason was given as to why. So then that makes me think defunding and things like that no, is, know, is the main reason. But you see. I mean, back then. I don't mean between yeah. like then and now, because it was like thirty years ago. Whatever. I think. It's, I think it obviously proved to be a bigger challenge than was initially thought of. 
that it just makes me think that they know more than they've told people because you know those it's entirely people. Entirely possible. They know more. Yeah. And I mean, cities underground on Mars wouldn't be the weirdest conspiracy theory I've ever heard. To be perfectly honest, no. You've got you know aliens living in hollow earth you've got aliens living on a space station on the dark side of the moon yep yep yeah interestingly a lot of astronauts have come back with stories of of things that didn't move Quite correctly mix. in the yeah. sky or whatever and there are whispers that things have been found on the moon that shouldn't have been there and things like that but who knows Starbucks cup. We know we've definitely mm. been to the moon. That's one conspiracy theory I can put to rest because there are mirrors on it that you can bounce lasers off. And the only way they've got there is because we put them there, in theory, unless we've got a lot of vain aliens around that are just like, yes, let's go to this husk of rock and then uh, stick up a full-length mirror so I can check out my threads. <laughs> or let's put some mirrors here to really confuse those poor little earthlings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things where I feel a bit cheated that there is the opportunity to look into it more, but they haven't. Or maybe yeah. they have, or they just haven't bothered to tell us. Yeah. Which is sad because... It's difficult, isn't it? Because you can argue both sides so easily. You could say, look, we've sent at least two rovers to Mars and they haven't come back with any information on underground cities but mars is a planet that that generally means there's a fair bit of turf to cover yeah. and you know it could have been that they landed in a place where they knew there weren't any underground cities in order to make sure that that data wasn't found yeah. out it's like someone landing on in the middle of the sahara desert here yeah and going, and going there's no life on earth there's no water here yeah as far there's, as i can see there's nothing just there's nothing. sand it's just sand just dry yeah, so what if back in 88, 89, we basically gave them a heads up of, yeah, we're going to attempt yeah. a few things, we're, sort it out, and they've just... We've got the capability to get out here now. And they've gone, oh, great. Yeah. Okay, right, everyone, pack up everything. We'll dig a bit further down. They won't be able to see us. Yeah. You know, and they've just... Let's just live there hate our neighbours watching <laughs> yeah. reruns. They make some decent telly, but apart from that, they're a bunch of dicks. We like living next door to Fox. Fox Mulder? No. I was thinking more Fox the Network, but yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we are not alone. Um, I, I think the chances of us being alone are, are quite slim, given the amount of habitable planets we've discovered so far and yeah. extrapolated on and said roughly how many there are just in our galaxy alone. Yeah. I think it's really quite arrogant to think that we might be the only sentient evolved life in the universe never mind even in the galaxy but this is it it's people's idea of life they think is there going to be another planet where there are humans that have our same ideals and all of that because we're a stupid vain yeah creature that thinks that we are the only thing that's right and there was a very interesting thing said by douglas adams once he was trying to explain theology yeah. as such with a metaphor. And he was saying that devout Christians and presumably other religions as well that believe in a, in a creator yeah. would look at something like the human eyeball or the human brain and go, look how complex this is. Nothing like this could have evolved by chance, so it must be intelligent design. Right. Which just shows that they don't understand evolution, for one thing, because... Yeah. 
it's very difficult. And, you know, you're talking about tracts of time for the tiniest changes that are incomprehensible to human beings because it's literally over millions and billions of years that things evolve. But basically he was like, these kind of people that believe in a creator God look at the world and the universe and go, look at the earth. It's perfectly the the right distance from the sun, not too far, not too close. It turns and and gets closer and further away. So we have seasons, which helps crops to grow and things like this. All these things, and like even if just a few of the numbers are out by like a tiny bit, this would not have happened, any of it at all. It must be due to divine providence. It must be due to the guiding hand of God, basically. And Douglas Adams says, if you could talk to a puddle, it would look at the hole in the ground and go, well, look, this is the exact size that I am. Yeah. This can't be coincidence. This hollow in the ground means that I can be filled with the exact amount of water I am. Yeah. And if it's more, I would have overrun and poured away and blah, blah, blah. And it's not necessarily a question that this was made for you. It's just that more that you fit in it kind of thing. And it's the other way of looking at it. But yeah, we do have a very kind of homocentric view of the, the universe in that we think that everything was created for humans to play around in. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's led to us not taking very good care of the place. Mm. Or each other, really. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so to think that there's no intelligent life out there, it depends how you gauge intelligence. That's one thing, yeah. Because we, Evie and I, watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. the, the modern remake with the squirrels. Right. And they were sorting the nuts out. Yeah. And Evie turns to me and says, are squirrels intelligent? Right. And I said to her, it depends what you mean. Yeah. And I said, a squirrel will know by looking at a branch whether it can take its weight or not. Yeah. There are squirrels that will know that they have to store food for the winter. Yeah. So that to me is intelligence. They can't drive a car. No. They can't, you know, write a letter. None of them have ever invented calculus. Exactly. But they survive. Yeah. And actually considering they don't communicate the way we communicate and have all the things that we have to help us along, they survive outside on on their own. You know, they don't just pop down to Tesco's when they're hungry. They find their food. They know what to look for. They know what they can and can't eat. Yeah. And they know to store stuff. So yeah. to me... That's a certain level of intelligence. That is an yeah, intelligent being. There was that little video we saw recently, the squirrel begging for water from a tourist or a passerby or something. So it knew that water was in the bottle. Yeah, exactly. Which that shows a certain level of recognition and intelligence. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of going back to the homocentric view thing, is that because we've evolved alongside the planet, we kind of get the idea that the planet was custom made for us. It was perfect. Look at it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even been able to live here. That's the wrong way around of looking no, at it. Kind we've of thing. grown into the planet. Yeah, exactly. So if you look at all the different places on the planet that human beings live, we have adapted to that. It hasn't adapted to us. It hasn't suddenly gone, oh, you know what? We need to be a lot colder up here and be really icy because these guys need to be cold. Yeah. So you've got Inuits up there in the cold, but then you've got around the equator. You've got people in sub Saharan Africa and things exactly. like that. Exactly. You know? It's like, we have adapted and Bedouins and people like that to the weather and the the situation that we are in. You know, mm. 
East Anglia, we've got webbed toes because, you know, it's always really muddy. You know, it helps helps us swim in. Before the fens were drained, we'd swim around with our slimy yellow bellies and webbed feet. Looking like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Pretty much, yeah. That's what fen folk were supposed to have looked like back in the day. I mean, they're still a bit webbed, but not so much now because it is a bit drier. Yeah. It is weird how entitled we are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. Or feel we should be or... Yeah, yeah, we're we're so entitled that we think that despite the fact that there are millions of stars just in our galaxy alone, of which several million may have inhabitable planets, and that's only the kind of life we know about. There could be silicon-based life forms rather than carbon-based life forms. There could be all kinds of weird and wonderful creatures that we wouldn't even know were alive or not. Yeah. You know, there might be intelligent plant life out there or who knows you know but to think also, that actually this one ball because it's all, yeah. all we've ever known is all there is is just ridiculous it but, might be it might be but i really hope it isn't but would you if you were intelligent life out there look at this planet and go well those are neighbors i really want to get to know yeah oh yeah no you're, you're going to be sending your diplomats down there aren't you it'd be like those guys have basically given themselves an asbo. Yeah. We're literally planet-wide asbo because we're all a bunch of arseholes. There is, there, there is a, a theory that basically the Earth is shunned because we haven't got to the level of sophistication that's required to join intergalactic yeah. civilizations. And if things carry on the way they are, we, we never will do. Nope. Which is fabulous. Yeah. We could be living the dream, zooming around like the Jetsons. Yeah, but uh, instead but, we've got Florida man on jet ski takes police for joyride, which was a headline I saw oh, the other day. Love Florida man. You know why Florida man is always the headline though, don't you? Why? Because most of the states don't allow reporters to report on arrests, and Florida does. That's why you see all these crazy Florida man <laughs> stories, is because Florida oh, is one of the few hey, states hey, to say, now, I'm yeah, you, if they've been arrested, you can tell the world. That's sexist, though, because Florida woman gives as good as Florida man. Oh, I would say you certainly. You should totally yeah. look her up yeah. because she is one hell of a lady or yeah. not. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always, always entertaining. So that kind of rounds it up for our discussion. We've kind of talked ourselves to a, I was going to say standstill, but we're both I'm sitting. I'm sitting down yeah, <laughs> to a sit still. We've, we've talked ourselves to a sit-still. Get in touch. What do you think? Do you think the Phobos incident was an extraterrestrial encounter? Or was it something more, I want to say down to Earth, but down to Mars? I don't know. What do you think happened out there? What do you think's going on on Phobos? Do you believe in aliens? That's a simple, you know, do you believe that there is life out there? Or are you one of those people who says no? Do you believe in life after love? I believe in share. Well, that's good enough. Is it? Well, yeah, share and share alike. Oh, God. <laughs> Where can they find us? I don't know. I was going to ask you that. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so if you do want to share your views with us on aliens or any of the topics we've covered or topics we haven't covered, you can give us a shout by email and let us know. And we can read out your emails. We can read out your stories. Yep. So... If you want to email us, you can email us at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. That's nice and simple, isn't it? Yeah. So if you don't want to 
email us, but you do want to subtly stalk us, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. And there's a group and a page and there's Um, a link through, isn't there? Yeah. From the page, you can just hit the join group button and off you go. And if you want to follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash stories of strangeness. And we're also on Twitter. At so strange pod. He's good, isn't he? I'm fairly good. You can also check out our website. Storiesofstrangeness.com where we have all of the episode transcripts. We do, all written up. There'll be show notes, there'll be a further reading, and you can also sign up for a... Email newsletter. So you can keep up with what we're doing, what we're going to do, and, and everything else. in between. Yeah. If no... If no, what? then yes. <laughs> and maybe... We also have a Redbubble account and we do an illustration for every episode that we do. Although I have not quite yet finished Borley Rectory and I don't think that you've done Skinwalker Ranch, have you? No. But if you check that out, you can get our logo and all these illustrations on stickers, bags. Socks. Socks, yeah. Shower shower curtains. curtains, Jinx. (sighs) You know, pillows, t-shirts, all sorts of crazy stuff. We should maybe take a picture of our faces. I quite like, you know, our faces on stuff. Oh, God, I'm not sure anybody uh, needs no, that. No, no one needs that, but it would be really funny. And last but not least, we have a Patreon account now. So if you have enjoyed what you've heard and you think, hey, I just want to throw some pennies in the jar, you can chuck us, what was it, $2 a month? One, $1? I think. yeah. a month, and that can go towards our website upkeep, our equipment. Hosting costs. Hosting costs, all of those things, just to help us chug along and keep finding you content. If you have enjoyed the episode, you can also leave us a review on iTunes, which really helps us get heard by new people, or tell a friend or family member about the podcast that you think might like it. That'll help the show grow as well. Yeah, so like next time you're in a car with somebody who hasn't listened... Put it on because they'll be trapped in with you. And yeah. They will have to listen. They'll have to listen. Because uh, to my dulcet tones. Driver picks the tunes, you know the rest. Yeah, I don't, but yeah. You don't. Okay, fair Fine. enough. And with that, I think that's the episode finished. So it is good night from him. And good night from her. Sure, why not? Good night. Bye. Love you. Thank mm-hmm. you.